0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 26. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: The veil of the temple speaks of the flesh, the body of Jesus, I want you to notice something about this veil. Go ahead and look at it in verse thirty one again in your Bibles. Notice the design of the of the veil. It had beautiful colors. they were blue, purple, scarlet, and white. Did you see that? These are the same colors were you with us last week? These are the same colors of the first layer of the curtains in The tabernacle. Remember last week we talked about that. Each of these colors, as we talked about last week, have significance. Blue is the color of heaven. Purple is a color of what, saints? Royalty. You know that. Scarlet is the color of what? Suffering and sacrifice. And white is the color of what? Righteousness. And we pointed out last week, as it relates to these four colors, when you see the number four, you should immediately, at least I do, immediately think of the four Gospels. And each of the Gospels we talked about last week, they give a different picture of Jesus. Matthew gives us a picture of Jesus as king. And purple best fits a king king. Mark gives us a picture of Jesus as a suffering servant and scarlet is the color of a suffering servant. And then Luke gives us a picture of Jesus as a perfect man and perfection speaks of white righteousness. And John gives us a picture of Jesus as God, his heavenliness as God come down. That would be blue. His heavenliness So it's very possible, listen, that God is giving us the gospel story woven in that first layer from last week. Remember, he's also giving us the gospel story woven in the veil. Very interesting. I really believe that God wants us, listen, to be reading the gospels. We need to be in the gospels. You know, some people are eschatology majors. What's that, Rodney? That just means they like to study and major with the end times. Eschatology. They like to read the end times. And some people like the Old Testament. They like to study all of the things of the law and Leviticus and all of the sacrifices and all of the things in in, in those books. And that's all fine. And some people like to study the the minor prophets and the major prophets. And all of that is good. But listen, can I encourage you? As you are studying various topics and various books, maybe you should balance that just a little bit by reading the Gospels. Because it's in the Gospels that we clearly have the life and the ministry of Jesus. And we always want to keep our minds and our hearts set on the life and the ministry of Jesus as we study eschatology, as we study the Old Testament prophets, as we study the law. We want to keep our focus on Jesus, because after all, the whole Bible speaks of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? So it's very important to stay there. Now, the veil, listen, was very beautiful, and it was woven. Notice the Bible tells us in verse 31. Again, look at it. It was woven with an artistic design of cherubim. Some of your Bibles might read skillfully wrought artistic, skillfully wrought. Or maybe some of your Bibles read cunning work, artistic design. In other words, saints, listen, we have divine wisdom and artistry was involved in the manufacturing of the veil. We need to understand this veil did not was not birthed out of man's concepts. It was not birthed out of man's ideas. This veil was birthed Out of divine involvement, God designed the veil. And as you look at the veil, you can see Jesus in that veil. As when God the Father brought God the Son into the world, that was a cunning work. Did you know? That was skillfully wrought. Jesus was an artistic design, if you will, when he came in the world as a baby, Greater, no other man was greater than Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin, the Bible says. That was skillful. <laughs> Say amen, saints. He was born of a virgin. That was skillful. You know anybody else born of a virgin? No. No. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. You can look it up. I'll read it to you. A body, it says, you have prepared for me. Jesus was the only man ever born without male involvement. He was born of a virgin. Therefore, his blood was free from defilement. Jesus was not born, as we've been talking about in Romans. Jesus was not born in Adam's family. Now, we're talking about Adam, the first man, not... Adam's family like in Morticia and Uncle Fester. <laughs> did, you, did y'all understand that? Okay, good. Y'all, did you want to wave at me if you did understand? Okay, good. All right, good. Good. Okay. I'm just trying to teach. That's all. And, and Jesus wasn't born in Adam's family. Jesus was born free from sin, the virgin birth. Jesus could be totally man and yet have a sin, not have a sin nature because there was no male involvement. You also want to see the two sides of the veil. Get this one side was seen only by God, the deity, and the other side was seen by man, his humanity. Looking at Jesus. So get the scene here. What we have, saints, listen, you have this structure of the tabernacle. It's kind of rustic as you walk up and you see the door. You see the curtain that's blue and purple and scarlet and white. And there's no angels on that first curtain as you come up to the tabernacle. And then you would look to the south side and you see the lampstand. You look to the north side and you see the table of showbread. And then 30 feet deep back, are you listening? you would see the veil that separated the two compartments with angels on the veil and behind the veil was the presence of God. Interesting, this veil with angels on it. Do you know, listen, this veil we're talking about is separating the holy place from the most holy place. Are you with me? And on that veil are angels. And don't you know, listen, angels were constantly involved in the life and the ministry of Jesus as he walked on the earth. Oh, you know, the story Christmas story. Angels announced the birth of Jesus, and they brought glad tidings. Angels came to minister to him after the temptation. Angels came to minister to him in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember as the angel came down to the earth, and the Bible says on resurrection morning, don't you remember? The angel came down to the earth, and when the angel hit the earth, the Bible says that the earth quaked. And that's quite an arrival. When the angel comes down, the earth quaked and he landed and the stone rolled away. And the and he's and the, and the angel said to the women, don't be afraid. As they came to find Jesus, the angel said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He is risen. As he said, angels, Acts chapter one, after the ascension of Jesus, the angel said to the disciple, why are you looking for Jesus. He has risen, he has ascended, and he's coming back in like manner. Acts chapter 1, angels are all around Jesus, and we see angels all around the tabernacle. Not only were they woven on the veil of the temple, but they were also woven in this first layer of curtain that we talked about. So when you walk in, don't you understand, this is the most beautiful thing that any of us could ever even imagine. You walk into the tabernacle and you see the table of showbread and the golden candle stand, lampstand, And then you see the, the altar of incense and you look around and and you, and you, and there's angels woven into this linen fabric that's covering the tabernacle, and there's different colors, and it's just beautiful. And then right before your very eyes is this curtain that's separating. And, and I just kind of, sort of, here's a little bit of sanctified imagination for you. I just kind of, sort of, believe that the Shekinah glory and the Kabbat of God was so bright. And it couldn't help but leak out of the corners over by the, the the tabernacle. Somebody understand? You say amen. You know what I mean? I mean, you couldn't see everything because you, you nobody could because you'd, you'd die. The priest would die. And I, high priest, can you imagine? I sometimes I read, I read the Bible. I just like to try to put myself in it. What would I think? And if I was a high priest, and I once a year on the day of Yom Kippur, I got the chance to. Peel back, you know, the curtain and, and even I know I'm supposed to go in that one day. I'd probably go in pretty trepidatiously. I'd go in like, okay, God, I'm coming in. <laughs> Maybe you'll get my sunglasses. Because you're going to need them. Because the glory of God and the brightness of God is there. It's amazing. And all these angels all around, and angels were always around Jesus. That's why I'm trying to tell you that the tabernacle speaks of Jesus. You can't miss it. Now, notice in verse 32 in your Bible, we got to move forward. Look at verse 32. They were to hang the veil on four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Now, saints, Calvary Chapel, help me out. Acacia wood speaks of what? His what? Humanity. And the gold speaks of his what? his deity, right? And again, I see the four Gospels in the New Testament that speak of his earthly life. Four pillars. I see the Gospels, four in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now listen, as beautiful and as wonderful as the veil was, you got to understand something. It's purpose. What was the purpose of the veil? Stay with me. The purpose of the veil was to conceal the glory of God and to keep men out. That was the purpose of the veil. Leviticus chapter 16, you'll find it. It says the veil was hung so that man would not enter. The veil was hung so that men would not enter. So the purpose of the veil was to keep men out. So only one day... A year, that's the day of Yom Kippur, could only one man, the high priest from only one tribe, the tribe of what Levi from only one family, the family of who Aaron could enter into the holy of holies. And Jesus said, listen, he was the only one and the only way for you to get to heaven. He was the only truth and the only life. And you can't get to God. Unless you go through the only one. Rodney, I don't like that. And. Listen, Jesus said he was the only way to get to heaven. Jesus is the only way for you to come into the presence of God. Jesus is the only way for you to peel back to walk through that veil, if you will, because his flesh is the veil. Therefore, you have to go through him to get to the father. Don't you understand? Jesus is not teaching something new. When Jesus comes along in John chapter 14, right around verse six and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can get to the father. But by me, listen, he wasn't teaching anything new. It wasn't like nobody ever heard of this before. or No Jewish person ever even thought of this before. They all knew that. They all knew that Jesus was the only way. They all knew that the high priest could only go in one time a year in order for them to get in they, they, there was a process, and there was only one way they all knew that this whole one way idea is not new it's very old, and they all understood I believe they did they all understood Jesus the, be the only would be the only way now matthew chapter twenty seven you can look this up in your own time, but it tells us, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, get this, this 80 foot high veil of the temple was ripped, the Bible says, from top to what? Bottom. And it was three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, get this. Are you listening? At the moment that Jesus died, there's no happenstance here. There's no coincidence At the moment that Jesus died, God reached down and tore the veil. As soon as Jesus died, the veil was torn and you could see the ark and you could see the mercy seat. And what I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall to see the face of the priest on duty that day. I told you, put yourself in the store. You might get a little bit of (laughs) something. He's in there just kind of buffing away. (laughs) You know, the lampstand and keeping everything all nice and tidy. Nice and tidied up. Checking the bread, making sure it's nice and fresh. You know, going around, all of a sudden it's 3 o'clock. The the clock strikes 3 o'clock. And the earth begins to quake, the Bible says. And the veil of the temple, this 18-inch thick veil, tears from top to bottom. And all of a sudden now, he can see the mercy seat. And I know he probably thought, oh, no, I'm dead. (laughs) He probably was like, no, And then he realized, he's like, I'm alive! I'm alive! <laughs> Something happened. Something happened. Something happened. I mean, can you imagine? It had to be like a moment there for him. I mean, have you ever been thinking you were almost dead and yet you're alive? Maybe not most of us, but, but it does happen. And, and so he realizes, you know, that he's alive. And, and now he's perplexed. Like, Oyve? <laughs> what do we do now? Man, man, I don't know what to do. I mean, he was standing there. The thing is torn. He's not dead. Shekinah glory of God is around, and he doesn't know what to do. Jesus, God the Father, reached down from heaven and took his heavenly scissors. And came down on that veil, which by the way, listen, there are some people who say, well, the veil was torn and who knows, maybe the earthquake shook and all of this and and maybe whatever, maybe the priest took his scissors and cut the thing up. Listen, the Bible is very clear and there's a reason for God saying it was torn from top to bottom. If you know where I'm going, say amen. It was a reason for that. Because God was making it clear, listen, you can come into the Holy of Holies, but you're not coming in by your own efforts. You're coming in by my grace. Woo, thank you, Lord. You're, com- you're coming in because I've given you access. Not only that, but come on. 18 inches thick? You can't, even, you can't even tear that. You can't tear a piece of fabric like this. 18 inches thick? Maybe thick as this shirt, maybe. But, but to tear a piece of fabric that is 18 inches thick from bottom to top, you can't do it. But God can do it. God tore a piece of fabric from top to bottom, which speaks of his grace. And get this, guys, get this. It was that veil was torn right about A.D. 32, right about A.D. 32. But get this. When the veil was torn in the temple, the temple continued to function. Until A.D. 70, when the Roman general Titus came into Jerusalem and ravaged the city and seized the entire city and leveled the city. And from we know from history that some guys got back in true. We know from history some guys got back into the temple area and began to mend up the veil. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. And isn't that just like, man, God rips the veil, man sews it back up. God simplifies things, man complicates things. God gets rid of the ritual, man puts religion in place. Listen, let me share something with you. Any system, listen to me closely, any system that puts religion and rituals in place and makes it hard to get to God is an insult to God. And any system that puts a man or a mediator between you and God is an insult to God. These guys got back in there to mend up the veil. We talked about this. Let me just give you really quickly. Don't be veil menders. Some folks, look, the veil torn speaks of God's grace. Work finished. Don't add anything to it. Don't take away from it. Just boldly enter the throne of grace. And you can come in. Some people like to mend up and sew up the veil. And it's amazing that when you come to church, isn't it true? Church folks like to sew up the veil. Mend up the you come to church and you get a trip laid on you. Well, you know, you gotta be this way, you gotta be that, or it's Jesus they try to add to the work of God. It's Jesus and tithing, makes you righteous with God. It's Jesus and baptism, it's Jesus and Mary. It's Jesus. All these things are mending the veil. It's Anytime you add anything to God's finished work, you're mending the veil. Say amen if you understand. Amen. It's Jesus and the priest. It's Jesus and do this. It's Jesus and do that. It's Jesus and suit and tie in order for you to come to church. It's Jesus and long blonde hair. It's Jesus and big afro. <laughs> It's Jesus and, listen to our tapes, veil menders, putting up something between God and man. And you know what? Get this. Paul called people who are veil menders. Are you listening? In Philippians chapter 3, Paul called those people enemies of God. You're an enemy of God when you put legalistic trips on people and adding something to the work of God or you get in between God. Listen, by no means is this an aspersion or an insult to the Catholic Church, I'm just simply saying, according to the word of God, you don't need to go to the priest to get to God. That's, that's mending the veil. You don't need to go to the priest to get to God. Jesus died so you can go right to him. You don't need to go to Mary so Mary can go to Jesus so Jesus can go to the Father. So the Father can tell Jesus, Jesus can tell Mary, Mary can tell the priest and the priest can tell you. me. You don't need to do all that. That's veil mending. Listen, people come to me all the time. Pastor Ryan, I don't know about this situation. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, what do you think? I don't know. Well, What do you think God's will is for my, for my life? I don't know. I'm trying to find out God's will for my life. Do
0: you,
1: I don't Somebody wave at me if you know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to find out God's will for my life. I don't know. Well, well, should we move to Denver or not? I don't know. <laughs> me personally, I ain't going to Denver. That's way too much snow for me. No. But I, I don't know. You understand that when it comes to areas that are scriptural and and clear, yes, I do know. I do know it's God's will for you to be holy. I do know it's God's for you. God's will for you not to be in sin. And not to turn your back on God. I mean, there's many things we do know, but there's many things that we don't know. But for the things that we don't know, we can just go to the Father. The veil has been torn. And it means now come boldly to the throne of grace that you might receive grace and mercy and help in a time of need. You have access. Access granted. Now use it. And pray. And talk to God. And enter. Through the door And then in verse 36 and verse 37 I gotta wrap it up but it deals with the door of the tabernacle. Did you see it? Look at verse 36. You shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle. You see it? And look at those colors again. Y'all clear on what these colors mean? Woven blue, purple, scarlet, and fine linen. That's white. And you shall make five pillars of acacia wood. You see that? That speaks of the door. I don't have time to deal with it. But I will tell you this one thing. We see Jesus again. What do you mean, Rodney? John chapter 10, verse 9 says, I am the door. I love it. I'm the door, and if anyone enters by me, Jesus said he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Listen, saints. I close with this: Jesus is in the ark of the covenant. We can see that Jesus is the mercy seat, the propitiation. For our sins. Jesus is the, ta- the table of showbread. Jesus is the golden lampstand. Jesus is the tabernacle covering. Jesus is the veil of the temple. Jesus is the door. By which men. Can come in. To the presence of God. Jesus said he was the way. The truth. And the life. Jesus and the tabernacle. You can't miss it. Don't miss it. Good stuff. Get the CDs if you like. Chew over some of these things. I don't know about you. I learned a lot. God has taught us a lot. Amen, saints? God has taught us a lot. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Lord.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.